Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Whoa. Welcome back, my friends. This is the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I'm Keanu, and I'd like to welcome you to Cinescape Movie Reviews and the excellent, most excellent review for my new film, John Wick, Chapter 2. I thought it was a couple of Average Joes presents Cinescape Podcast. Well, those guys too. (laughs) Okay, Keanu. I am Joe Spiegel. I thought you were Keanu. Oh, no, he already left the building. (laughs) That was quick. (laughs) No, that was Wick. (laughs) (laughs) it's on the nose buddy stupid (laughs) and you are mike sutherland (laughs) and remember you can reach us at joe average joe underscore joe at joe dot (laughs) joe i have no fucking it's joe's is it joe is a spiegel joe underscore joe (laughs) you know what mine is mps 5150 i'm glad you reminded me homie on the twitter Homie? All right, let me look it up. I love the smartphone technology we have it's, here. It's Joe Spiegel it's underscore so Joe yes. at, at Twitter. Okay, it's at Joe. Fuck you. I'm not changing my aim. No, shut Fuck you, Twitter. At Joe Spiegel, S-P-E-I-G-L-E. Yes. You can follow me, Any, Average Joe Spiegel. <laughs> anywhere you can find me. At Joe Spiegel, S-P-E-I-G-L-E underscore Joe. Uh... So, if you want to twit me or twat me. Tweet. All right. So, yes, this week Mike and I went and saw- I can fucking hear everything and things like if I'm tapping my finger. Oh, can you hear this? Yeah. Oh. Like every- If these microphones pick the fuck up of everything, it's- It's like, God damn, Joe, you gotta- Thunk, thunk, thunk. Like if you- When you put your- Normally- Okay, so I'm testing out headphones- Yeah. Because of leveling stuff to make sure that the podcast sounds really good. Yeah. And if I- Tweak it really Dude, bad. I'm speaking on it. Of course it sounds good. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm really making sure that the podcast sounds good. Yes. Uh, from a technical aspect. Yes. And if you... This is a thump. Thunk, <laughs> thunk, thunk. <laughs> and I can hear everything. Kind of like when I have the, the volume way up in my car and I was listening to the episode where you were talking about the Kim Kardashian thing. Where she got robbed. Oh, and, and I went, kabam! You, you started, God damn it. And you started thumping the fucking table. And it was it was great. It was. I, I felt the vibrations. You're going to be able to hear it on this one, too. <laughs> and you feel it, too. Oh, my God. Like Howard Stern. All right. So, <laughs> Mike and I, we saw the film John Wick Chapter 2. John Wick. All right. We're going to talk about that f- Whoa. masterful piece of cinematic um, history. Adventurousness. <laughs> We'll talk about that. We'll talk about our flicks of the week, which mine is going to be the 2016 film. Was it 2016 or 15? I don't fucking know. Anyway, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, directed by uh, by Michael Bay. I want to say it came out last year during the summer. Okay. Yeah, it was either last year or the year before. Hey, it was something. So anyway, I'll, uh, yeah, see, that's how I, I do all my prep, you know, like that. So anyway, that's my pick for the uh, for the week, my flick of the week. Okay. So you don't like it when I usually say, oh, and yours is, so. You know, oh, um, <laughs> from beyond. That's what it, the uh, 
<laughs> I've do got, they, do I've they got sell so, lotions? I've got so much shit going on in front. I got fucking, I got into the dick around stuff. Uh-huh. I got three, I got technology everywhere. Are you getting a stress headache? Fucking, no, it's unhealthy. And then now <laughs> I have the headphones on so we can hear the fucking podcast going on. And it's way too much. From Beyond, it's an HP Lovecraft story. Uh-huh. It's not but it's loosely based on a story called From Beyond by A. Lovecraft. Okay. It's more it's more Clive Barker-esque. Okay. Now, I remember you mentioning H.P. Lovecraft last week. Right. And because you were hoping that they could do start doing some animations of, of, of his work, right? What are some what are some notable works of H.P. Call of Cthulhu. Okay. Some From people Beyond, call it Reanimator. Oh, Reanimator? Okay. You're right. Okay. I'm not I'm not like questioning you. I actually want to know because I've never actually looked up H.P. Lovecraft. Most of his stuff is based on East Coast, Massachusetts area, uh-huh. Boston. So Arkham Asylum comes from you know the, from the DC stuff. Yeah, Arkham Asylum comes from Hewlett or Hewlett Packard. <laughs> 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 Fucking dummy. H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. Yeah, because he has he also has an Arkham and okay. what's going on. I know I could have saved this for when we're actually doing. No, no, no. Doing, so uh, God damn, yeah. no wonder he wrote. He did not have a face for movies. Yeah, he, he was an interesting cat. He's very, um, he's a wallflower. Uh-huh. Uh, Call of Cthulhu, the shadow over In's mouth. Damn, so he wrote shit a long time ago. Yeah, dude. He's the father of- Of modern-day horror? Yeah, pretty much. Anything that's done by King or Clive Barker or anything else like that, he the, he, huge. At the Mountains of Madness. Okay. So if you've seen those movies, he was also a good friend of Robert E. Howard. So he was an odd duck. Yeah, very much. Well, you know, like some people are just odd in their writing, but in real life they're normal, like Rob Zombie or or Stephen King, you know. They're regular guys, you know, but uh, they get behind the microphone or the pen and they uh, they turn into something wacky do. Uh, Miskatonic University and the fictional Dunwich Horror and all this stuff takes place. Not all of it, but some of, most of it, his writings. Necronomicon. He, he came up with the Necronomicon. Duh. How's it sound in your ears? Sounds good. Kandar. <laughs> so the guy that wrote uh, the Conan series was a good friend of his. Um, he had no ambition in life. But yet he wrote like a motherfucker. Well, kind of. Let's see. I'm trying to just look up HP. <laughs> uh, bibliography? Yeah. I Well, I did, but blah. HP. Craft. Books. Like it knows what I'm thinking. The Call of Cthulhu at the Mountains. The Shadow over in the Dunwich Horror. The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, Dreams in the Witch House. I don't know if it's Dagon or Dagon, The Whisper in the Darkness, The Shadow Out of The Dream Quest, Death, The Rats, Herbert, The Call of Cthulhu. And then I bet some of these have been changed in name when they were made into movies. Yeah, the thing. Curdling Tales of Horror and the Macabre. There, he, he wrote a lot of stuff. He also... Polaris. Okay. All right. So, yours is going to be... All correct. Right. Uh, from Beyond, Jeffrey Combs. Ah, and a yes. couple of them. I love Jeffrey Combs' character in um in The Frighteners. Yes. He was fantastic. Over the top fantastic, right? right. Uh, all right. So, uh, and then news. I got nothing for news and, and trailers this week, but I think you do. Yeah, we're going to talk about Fangoria, Mac, um, and a couple of other things. But first, I wanted, before we even talk about anything. We're doing the intro. Well, yeah. Can we end the intro? Yep. Is that okay with you? Sure. Fucking egomaniac, you. Uh, <laughs> Johnny. Lightning. It took me a second to, to realize you said it. You said take it away. And I was like, uh, Johnny. Take it away, Johnny Lightning. All right, so I took it away. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs>
Meanwhile... How you doing? 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 Alright, let's do it! So, I was watching the Justice League because I, I have Netflix. I've been wasting my time watching garbage TV because, like I said last week, Cartoon Network is not showing interesting anymore. Well, hey, look, if you... if you With few exceptions. If you don't watch Netflix for a while, like you haven't, it's you, all go, new. you go back to it and there's a bunch of new shit on there. If you haven't seen it yet, it's all new to you. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I love the DC animated world. It's so well done. It's like, if... If you compare Marvel and DC, Marvel's movies are fucking fantastic. Yeah. But their DC movies suck, and it's vice versa. Yeah. The, the it's odd. Yeah, isn't the it? Marvel cartoons are meh. Yeah. But the DC ones are just off the wall fucking. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Bruce Tim and a couple of other people. Anyways, I was watching Justice League, and in my opinion, which one? Isn't there like fucking thirty of them? The uh, remember they're unlimited one. and whatever, whatever one. I think it was the first, the first Justice League cartoons. Okay, it may have been the second one, but anyways, it was. <laughs> <coughs> anyways, I got to thinking of the greatest cartoons ever produced. This one is called Legend, and it's fucking insanely sad because okay, what what happens is is that. The Flash, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, John Johns, John Jones, getting that mixed up. Uh, the uh, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah. How does he have a normal normal guy's name, but he's from Mars? Because it's, that's how it works. Let's name you Frank. I don't. <laughs> Here we go. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the people. So it's John Jones, Green Lantern, John Stewart, Shiera, which is hot girl, and okay. she, she's hot girl. Yeah, she's hot girl. Um, they. They get caught into they get caught in an explosion. The explosion fades. The heroes are gone, and they and, and those four heroes end up in this 1950s town, which is similar to like 19 I'm sorry 60s bat, era Batman. Okay. Okay. Um, it's called Seaboard City. Now, what's going on is they have all these these characters that are very similar to the 1960s Batman stuff. Okay. Okay. Like Egghead. No. Um, they have a guy that looks like the Joker, but he's not the Joker. They have a guy that looks like Bob Hope, <laughs> but you know, and he's a bad guy. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure. There's Doctor Blizzard, Sir Swami, and Sportsman, Music Master. It's called the Injustice. Um, Doctor Blizzard is kind of like uh, Mister Freeze. Sir Swami is kind of like Talia Al Ghul, you know, because okay. she's she came out first as a magician. The Sportsman is a sportsman. He he he's wearing basically. Uh, tights. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing tights. The the, the weightlifter tights from that era. Yeah, that's what he's wearing. No, he's he's wearing um a baseball uniform. Okay, but everything is sports related. So like he'll have a football that's a bomb and throw it at you, or he'll fucking in one instance he has a golf ball and he hit it at one of the heroes. Yeah, and it exploded and caused and caused them to fall. It, it was like a magic, not a magic, but yeah, a cool golf ball that that. Incapacitated. Yeah. So it's like baseball bats, like a lightsaber or something. No, the baseball bat's a baseball bat. Stop projecting. Anyways, <clears throat> it all comes down to these heroes for the Justice. They end up going to the Justice Guild of America. Okay. Um, Hawk Girl, Lantern, John Jones, Flash, and they're helping all these. They're, they're helping the Justice Guild members, which is Catman, Black Siren, uh, the Green Guardsman. And the streak, which is very similar to the same heroes, it's like Batman, the Green, uh, not the Green Guards, but uh, Green Lantern. They all have similar powers. They're all dead. This is an illusion. Uh. So, like a quarter of the way into the episode, John 
the, 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 the Green Lantern, figures out that something is really wrong. And he notices that the ice cream man is the only person that seems to run the same routes every day, but he never stops his truck, you know, and he's always ringing the bell, you know, ice cream here, ice cream here. Yeah. So Stuart says, hey, look, what's the, what's going on here? And the guy that's running the ice cream truck says, I can't talk to you. We are not, he won't let do anything. Leave me alone. Sounds like an episode of the original Star Trek. So they start to scout the city. So they end up at the cemetery and there are four graves. And the four graves are the Green Guardsman, the Streak, Catman, and Black Siren. Okay. Now, <clears throat> dun, dun, dun. They've been dead for a long time. No, it's not dun, dun, dun. They've been dead for, dead for a while. A super-powered beast is, has recreated this entire world for whatever reason. Yeah. And, he's, and he inadvertently pulled these four superheroes from the Justice, from the Justice League into his own, um, into his own little world. Of- simulation? <laughs> yeah, I guess if you want to call it a simulation, it's not real. But he's not really doing anything yeah. bad. It's he's just... Entertaining himself. In a sense, yeah. Okay. He's created his own little uni- pocket universe. Yeah. But the problem is, is he, can't, he won't let those other, the other heroes. He won't let Hawkgirl... Or Flash or because anyone else Because they're new. There's finally something new there. Right, but he won't let them leave. Yeah. So. Yeah, this straight up reminds me of an old Star Trek episode. Yeah, and I'm sure it's it's very um, very much influenced by it. Uh-huh. But the the bad guy is this junior guildsman named Ray Thompson. He's kind of like um, he's kind of like the ward of one of the superheroes, like Robin, right? But he's always been told to you know hold back because you know you're too young to to deal with this stuff, and we don't want you getting hurt, right? Yeah. Stay back, Coral. <laughs> but he's the only real, he's not the only real person. He's one of, he's the, he's the mutant. Okay. And yeah. 40 years ago, the nuclear inferno of war mutated him into a gross being with powerful psionics. So basically what he's doing is he is reliving his life from 40 years in the past. Okay. So that he doesn't have to deal with the reality, a nuclear war yeah. that had not been averted and blew up his city. That's the fucking gist of the whole story. The, the entire city was destroyed in a war. Yeah. So uh, there are other non-super people in um, Seaboard City. All of them were human survivors trapped in an endless loop to amuse Ray. And that's really about it. <clears throat> now, the reason why I bring this up is I wanted to do a thing called the best cartoons ever created. But Oh, you mean like what Boomerang was supposed to do with their channel? No. I wanted to do a thing called the best cartoons create, ever created. Kind of like a podcast. But it's very difficult to do that because you have to go through pretty much every cartoon created. They're very difficult to find anymore because Warner Brothers has them hidden in a vault. Oh, like, like old heckle. Old heckle, which I have. A f- and all the cheesy shit from the 80s that is hard to find. Yeah. But this, I watched this one and truthfully, it's when this come out, like 90, uh, season one, Justice League season one, episode 16 and 17. This came out late 90. Uh, 2000 came out 2002 and it continues bruce tim's work with these characters yeah and it's so well fucking done that why they're not able to create a movie franchise around this astounds me well, if I... they're able to do it with with the fucking with, with the fucking cartoons they should be able to do anything in fact wow i didn't know that william cat william cat played green guardsman hmm. Stephen Root. Yeah, Tom Turbine. Ted McGinley. Ted McGinley. Right. Stephen Root does a lot of stuff. In fact, uh, Stephen yeah. Root just finished off new uh, Adventure Time, which, again, had another great fucking series called The Island. 
I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I do want to catch back up on Adventure. Yeah. Uh, anyone who knows who Stephen Root is, uh, he played, of course, Milton on uh, Office Space. Yep. The live action movie of it, and uh, and he definitely did multiple character voices on, say, like King of the Hill and stuff. That's what I just said. He does. He does uh, Finn's father. Well, he actually does multiple voices pretty much anywhere. Neil Patrick Harris, Udo Kier, <laughs> Michael McKeon, Corey Burton, Jeffrey Jones. God damn it, Frost! I'm talking to you. The the list of actors is astounding. Clancy Brown and Kevin Conroy. There you go. Um, yeah, dude. With uh, I, I get kind of tired of reading all the negative shit about DC because I want DC to do good with their live action movies. But all I keep seeing lately are the taglines of. Uh, Ben Affleck might be leaving the, right. the Batman altogether, and I get I just get tired of it. I, I don't really, you know, the movies are already mediocre as it is. I I just get kind of tired but of Ben Batman Affleck is, news. but Ben Affleck isn't directing them. I know, but no, no. Now there's talk about him possibly even leaving the entire franchise. He said it. He's committed to it. And the script's got so, but and I, like I said, I don't want to read into this shit. Okay. Well, then don't. But can I get to my point? No, because <laughs> you take forever. Well, if you'd stop interrupting me. All right. My point is. Is that I lost my so fuck you continue. <laughs> you don't want to read into anything because you don't want to get sad. Fuck DC. Fuck. fuck oh no no no. Fuck, I, look, DC is garbage. It's just negative news. I don't care anymore. All 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 they do is hire bad directors and producers to continue making bad movies. And I'm sorry, but Zack Snyder, I'm done with that guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's he's executive producing. Wonder Woman, but everything changes. I don't want to use anything that's done in fucking on the TV, so we're going to use completely different characters. And it's a parallel universe and blah, 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 multi-universe. That's what they're going to call it. Well, fuck you. Just do it. Take what's already been done with the Batman series for cartoons. Take what's already been done with the Superman series for cartoons. Take what's already been done with Justice League for the cartoons. You know what DC's it's like that in, my, in my eyes? DC, Warner Brothers, they're like a little kid who grew up rich and then his parents died and and they gave it all to him. And he's just like, let's do this and let's do that. And, you know, and no one's telling him no because he's like all powerful. Right? That's what DC kind of seems like. Okay. They're just trying this and trying that, but not going in any good direction. Okay. Fuck them. Sure. Anyway, I highly recommend watching Justice League. If you have never seen it, get in that. I don't, I don't care how you do There's it. There's a bunch of different Justice Leagues on there, too. So you either you have a smorgasbord of stuff to watch when it comes to uh, DC Animated. Enjoy that. All right. So the movie that we uh, went and saw this week, of course, is the... Uh, I don't know if you call it long-awaited, because it, it's only been two and a half years, but... But because the first one was so goddamn good, Mike. Highly anticipated. So I'd say the highly anticipated Well, you didn't. Sequel. I did. <laughs> Suck it. The highly anticipated sequel, John Wick Chapter 2. Uh, of course, it's it's the Further Adventures of Keanu Reeves uh, title. Um, or do you call it titular? Titular character? No. Titular well, yeah, means I, title, right? Yeah, I guess you would. Yeah, yeah so the titula titular. <laughs> titular. I can say that word all day. The the, the yeah the title character, of apparently, course. Apparently, you and, can't. And it's uh, well, it's very titillating to say. Uh, it is the further adventures of his his character, who we all fell in love with in the first movie because it had a great mythology in with it, and it was a surprise because you watch the trailers and you're thinking, okay, it might be good, but you know it could still end up being the same old shit, right? But then we went and saw it, and we both fucking loved it. You goddamn right, you sure. So. 
we saw it, and then they like, hey, yeah, we're the movie was so successful. Let's do a sequel. All right, I'm on board. But then I always think, oh, they're gonna have the, it's gonna have that problem with. But but there's that rarity. There you know the the rarity comes around, and I noticed that like some sequels nowadays, not all. But I think the trend has gotten better with certain sequels that there's a chance that a sequel might be just as good or better than the than the original or the or the previous one. Okay. You know, like if you go back to the eighties and stuff like that, most sequels sucked. But eighties and nineties and some of two thousands. But it seems sh- like with certain certain people. times I, I think that some sequels are doing better now because it seems like what director they're putting in there or writer, they're they're actually taking the time to try to recapture what the first film did. No, or, most sequels are pretty much get lucky or... The, oh, don't get me wrong. The, 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 ma- the majority of, of sequels still are mediocre and losing it. Sure. Just, you know, like X-Men Apocalypse or something. But but they're still... Uh, it's, it's a w- once in a while thing. Yeah. Okay. But I see it more now, nowadays, than I, I saw in the past. All right. Um... Um, this movie is fun. Bottom line, this is a fun movie. We both enjoyed it. Okay, and that's all I'm going to say about it. That's it. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. All right. Review over. Let's go home. We're done, man. I I give it an eight. No, uh, I give it a three point. <laughs> so, uh, what's awesome about this movie is that it takes all the things that work. I'm sorry. It takes the majority of the things that worked in the original film and. It either gives you a little bit more of that, or it keeps it the same on the same lines, and it just keeps working. It's the it's a, the formula that works, right? And it's and how do I put this? I put this in the review, okay? But this movie does the one up thing where it does more, more of everything, right? The more action, more shootouts. Well, more start fighting. off from the beginning, all right? That's simple, all right? But this movie knows how to do those one ups. But start off from the beginning. Start off from the beginning of the movie. I am. No, you're not. You one upping and this and that and another thing and upping and upping and up. It takes it to another level. I'm building it up. You fuck bag. I'm. I'll get to it. You're not building it. up. <laughs> so twat. it was funny because when you um when you when you heard um you know uh summaries for what this movie was going to be about you know the last year and a half that they've been talking about it um it, they said it, it it the events start immediately after the events of, of the uh of the first film and they don't. Okay, this movie, you can tell this movie is at least a month or more afterward. No, it takes place pretty much right after. No, he already has a fucking dog. He has he a do- got the dog at the end of the first movie. I didn't see him get a dog at the end of the first movie. He got a dog at the end of the first movie. When did he get a dog at the end of the first movie? At the fucking say- very end. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. Um, I don't remember him. Look, I've seen the first movie like four times, and I, but I, I, I for some fucking reason, I don't remember him. I, th- I don't know if you're planning bullshit into my head or not. But you suck. Was the dog full you grown? F- no. So when he got the dog at the end of the first movie, it wasn't full grown yet, like it is in this movie. I don't think that that dog was fully grown. Okay, so more time has gone by then, exactly, right? Because the dog he has in this in part two is fully grown, right? So the movie does not start immediately after. Okay, a little bit of time has gone by, and it, like I said, my guesstimations at least a few weeks to a month or more. All right, that's my guesstimate. Okay, so. It starts off with, I think, my favorite part of the entire film, which is where he goes to get his car back, which I, I remember making a comment in my, my first review for the original film was, what the fuck happened to his car, right? Because he never gets his car back. And then, so they deal with that first thing. And he goes to get his car in this this awesome sequence. Yeah, John, John and the dog walk home on the boardwalk where he had his last date. Where'd the dog come from? He he. It was a fucking mongrel. Oh, no, he got it from, I'm sorry, he got it from a pound. Huh. 
at the end of the fucking movie. He, I'm not calling you wrong. Crashed his, he crashed a car into whatever. Uh-huh. Saw the dog, liked it, took it with him. Yeah. It was my dog. Okay. Shit, I'm an asshole. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> that whole sequence with Peter Stormare playing the, the, the brother. Yeah, of, he had to stop. Hold on. He had to stop in an animal clinic to treat his wounds uh-huh. and takes with him a pit bull, which was scheduled to be euthanized. John and the dog walk home. Huh. So, yeah. All right, good, good. All right, so. Eat, eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> Anyways, it seems like a little teeny bit of time. Well, well no, weeks. maybe a couple weeks. I don't. It wasn't even that, but because when he said, to, remember when he said to Leguizamo, like, "Thanks for making some calls and figuring out where blah blah blah, right? Where my car's at." Yeah. So some time had to have passed. You know, I mean, it still takes up takes place immediately after from chapter one. Yeah. So that I love that whole sequence because um, one of the and I for fuck I forgot to put this in my review, but. Um, this movie does the thing where it's going in a direction where you you think it's going to be predictable, right? And then it doesn't do the predictable. It does it does what actually feels better, and it, it, it more and more comes naturally than forced Hollywood bullshit, right? So that whole sequence with with uh, with Peter Stormare, where he's going to get his car back, and he fucks up all of Stormare's goons, and then he goes up to his <laughs> and it keeps cutting back and forth between. The screaming dudes yeah. and Peter Stormare just looking there with wide eyed. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. I'm and waiting. he's not moving. Yeah. And uh, and then and then Keanu, or I'm sorry, John Wick comes up to his office and then there's not a shootout. There's not, there's not, you know, him trying to shoot, you know, Stormare trying to shoot John Wick from under the desk or something, right? No, it's that, it's that law, that hitman law, that assassin's law that, that makes it work. Um, that the, the, there's like the, the the respect thing, right? It's not. The, I'm talking about like with the the mythology of the way the film goes. It's not. An, he works for the Russian mob, and they made a mistake, uh-huh. and hey. and they refuse to they refuse to make good on their mistake. So he fucks them all up. Mm-hmm. And Stormare's character says, "We have the car here, and you know what's going to happen." And now it's just a matter of time. But if Wick had come into the office and said, "I want my car back," he'd be like, "What car?" And then be like, fuck everything up. And then be like, I'm going to take my car. And be like, okay, you can have your car. <laughs> and that's exactly kind of what, ha- that's what happened, except it was reverse of that. And then he comes in to Stormare's office and he says, peace. Yeah. And it, what was awesome is that Stormare's character, look, he knows that John Wick's going to get his car back no matter what. Okay. But because of what, what uh, John Wick did to his brother and his, his uh, nephew, he still has to, fight back in some way or another. He can't just lay down and die. You know what I mean? He's got to make some kind of a statement. So he he just sends his goons after fucking Keanu, and Keanu fucks them all up one way or another. And then he get, you know, then he's like, boom, we have a drink, and then, uh, yeah, go live your life, right? Das Vodanya. <laughs> and the whole scene was awesome because, like I said, it didn't fall into the predictability at the end of it, and that's why it worked. You know, and I like how... Peter, look, I love Peter Stormare, and I wish I'd see him in more things. But I'm glad that they didn't stretch out his character. You know, they didn't they didn't make him become oh the villain of this movie, right? And then he's trying to get revenge on John Wick because of what happened to his brother, right? No, it's just it's dealt with right there at the beginning, and then the story progresses, on, and that's why I like. It. Okay, all right. Um, now this movie, like I said, this movie goes in a direction that's very similar to the first film. Okay. Because you have John Wick who goes back home and he's ready to fucking chill. But then guess what? The past rears its ugly head again, right? And he's got to deal with that guy. That, that, the guy that he made, a, you know, we didn't know about. 
but the guy that helped him with, you know, helped him get to the point where he could retire. Um, San Santonio. Yeah, it, it's, uh, Santino D'Antonio. Right. Right. And played by uh, Ricardo uh, Scamarco Scamarchio. Fucking, I don't know how do you pronounce this. Scamarcio. All right, he's an what Italian. What the fuck are you doing over there? My pen fell off the fucking. T- Sorry, <laughs> you're wearing earphones, so it sounds louder. But you know, <laughs> oh, just wait till you wait till I fart or my stomach growls. You're gonna be hearing that shit too. Um, so anyway, yeah, he's an Italian uh, actor. Um, I looked up his filmography and like everything he's been in has been Italian films. Right. Um. The, now that's and the, I don't have many problems with this movie at all. Every problem I have is very minor, but I think my biggest problem with this movie at all was the villain in this movie is nowhere near as effective or memorable as Michael Nykvik's um, villain from the first movie. I Dan, um, Look at Ricardo Scamarco, or Scamar, Scamarcio, or whatever the fuck Ricardo, you want to he's, he's a de- He's a good actor. There's nothing wrong with him. Scamar- Scamarcio. But the way his character was, was you know just this, this arrogant asshole who comes in and says, you're going to do things the way I want you to do them. But he's not the bad guy. He technically. Betray- wait, wait, wait. He betrays John Wick. He I, tries to have John Wick killed after he does the thing. Right, but he blows up his fucking house. He's not the bad guy. Technically, he's the same character as the nephew of the Russian guy. Think about it that way. But the Russian guy, well, what's Russian guy? Okay, the nephew was always running. This guy ain't fucking running all the time. He didn't have to. That makes him the villain. No, he's not. He's not technically the villain because he put up. Look, you can't be a villain. If you hire somebody to kill someone, and then that person goes after you, you're not really a villain. He's not a villain. He's just in the way. There's a bigger there's a bigger picture to this whole movie that you're missing. The problem is, is that he's the son of a mobster who gets put on the seat, right? And just like just like the first movie, it's a fucking parallel. He's not look in the first movie. You had that piece of shit steal Wick's car, okay? Yes. That's what I'm trying to get at. So Michael Nyquist's character, is that right? Michael Nyquist is, is the father. He's the main character in the movie. Uh, Alfie Allen. The main, that's yeah, Alfie is. Allen is not Michael Nyquist. Yeah, Alfie Allen is the, you know, Reek. I, that's what I'm trying. Game of Thrones. Yeah. I know, but he's the one. Uh, sound like Rick. He's the one that steals the car. Yeah. He's the one. And he's, kills the dog and all this other shit. He's the, ten, the quote unquote instigator. Right. That's who um, Santoni, San, Santino. Yeah, that's who Santino is. He's the instigator, not technically the bad guy. But there's no one above him in the film. But there is. You're just not seeing it. That's why it's chapter two. There's a bigger thing going on, and here. that's fine. But they're not showing that bigger thing. So the they're guy, not, they can't. This is a multi-sequel fucking film franchise. They're not showing you everything. Okay, they're not going to. That, that Mike, that's great that you've got all this subtext. <laughs> But the bottom fucking line is that he's going for this fucking guy. He's got to do what he wants first. Then he gets he's betrayed by go- him. No, he's only going for the guy because he finds out that once this dude takes over the seat, where, wherever the seat is, once this dude takes over the seat instead of his sister, he owns New York. And then that's going to be a problem, not just for, not just for John Wick, but for everybody that's in his line of business. The Russian mob, him... Yeah, and I know Ian McShane's character, yeah, everything. And he's, John Wick uses that, but to, he's to not pull a favors. bad guy. That's that's you're you're putting him in this little box of of easy easy names. He's the villain. He's he's not he's not a villain. He's not a villain in any technical sense. He hired John Wick to do a job. 
the only thing he did was he didn't tell John why he was hiring him other than kill my sister because she doesn't deserve to have a seat. He fires a rocket into his house. Right. To kill him. That's not, so what? That's not a villainous act? That's not a villainous act. He, did you see him, did you see John Wick take it out on the guy after that happened? John Wick goes to kill him. <laughs> But he talks to, he talks to... Didn't go to kill him. He talks to Ian McShane's character. He did not go to kill him. He was planning on killing him. No, he wasn't. He says, what should I do? He was never... And Ian McShane tells him, you should do, you you need to take care of the marker so that you can be clear of this. So then he decides, okay, I'll do it. Fuck it. And he goes and he does it. And then he gets betrayed. But that... Betrayed how? In the tunnels? The guy fucking has... Ruby Ruby Rose's character and all her fucking guys try to kill John Wick. Okay, but he, that that makes him the the villain. No, it doesn't. You missed the whole fucking subtext. You missed the whole fucking subtext. You he missed tr- you, you. All you think of is is John Wick is going after this dude because he blew up his house. No, I'm That's not. That's exactly what it sounds like. No, no. There's point A, point B, point C, and all this no, stuff. No, you missed the whole fucking subtext. You you missed it all. Here it is. <laughs> the dude blew up John Wick's house because he wouldn't. Abide by the marker. Yes. That's not a villainous act. That is, I, I have hired you to do a fucking job because you promised me that when I would throw this marker at you, you would take it up. Do you know why I can call him the villain? He's not a villain. Do you know why I can call him the villain? Why? Because regardless if John was going to take that marker or not, he knew that when John does do the job, he was going to fucking backstab him anyway. No, he didn't. That's not the, again, you're missing the whole fucking subtext. You're confusing as fuck. I'm not. He you, betrayed you, John no, Wick. No, he didn't. He absolutely did not because he knew the rules of the game. And the rules of the game were explained by Ian McShane. Just this simple. Go do your thing and then you're free of the marker and then you can kill him. That's it. The rules of the game are simple. So when John Wick does his thing and kills San, Santoni, San, Santino's... <laughs> I can't ever say his name. Santino's sister... Yes. Then he finds out that Santino was planning on doing something bigger. Yeah. But that's not, he doesn't give a shit about that. No. That's not his problem. However, Santino knows because he also went to Ian McShane and said, do you realize what you just did by calling in your marker? Because he doesn't like you. Yeah. No one likes you. You're a fucking piece of shit. You're a turd. And you think that you, none of what you do is going to have any repercussion. Doesn't matter if you hire John Wick or not. You could have hired some other fucking guy. But you think that everything that you do will not have any repercussions because you're part of this family. Well, you're you're a douche. Even your father did. That's why he didn't put you on. <clears throat> when Wick is finished, he may come after you for tra- past transgressions. That's the past. All he's doing is protecting himself. He's killing Wick before Wick kills him. That's it. He's not a villain in the classical sense. He's just a piece of shit. There's a bigger picture involved in this whole movie that we'll find out who the, in part big, three, yes. the I, I, bigger villain is. There's Russian. It'll, it'll be the Pope. Yeah, I, there's Russian. Well, they mentioned that too. I know. Are you here to kill the Pope? I nope. know. When, no, Django, when Django tells him, he goes, are you here to kill the Pope? Just tell me. <laughs> and my guess is that all of this, my guess is one of two things. Ian McShane is his dad, okay? And someone has a grudge. That's why he set him free. Uh-huh. Someone has a grudge. Against John Wick, and all this is going to come to fruit. But this guy's not a bad guy. Okay. He, he, so I mean, he's a bad guy, but he's not a villain. Would you be more comfortable if I used the word antagonist instead? Antagonist is much better. 
but he's not a fucking villain in, in any he's not yeah he's not john wick is considered to be he's not a joker villain he's not but john wick is you do agree that john wick is considered to be the hero of the film right john wick is the hero of the film but again another piece of shit this guy keeps killing trying to kill john wick He's killing, trying to kill John Wick, so he doesn't. So John Wick doesn't kill him. He's protecting himself. Okay, that is fine. But he's still. That's not being a but, villain. But we're going from the perspective of John Wick. But that's if someone's trying to kill John Wick, that's a bad guy to John Wick. No, it's John not. John Wick's our hero. No, it's not a bad guy to him, or else everybody would be a bad guy. Well, he doesn't see it. fucking Common as a bad guy. No, it's professional courtesy. I, right, I get it. So, but Common tries to kill him. Well, yeah. So is he a villain? No. Then your fucking argument is is invalid. No, because of the motivations of the, the characters. Oh, the motivations of the characters. Yes. So Sant- Santino yes, is the, a bad guy because he has motivations to kill John Wick? Yeah, because he, he doesn't care about who who he kills to to get to no, the top. That no. makes him a villain. No, no, no. No, he does care. I don't want to kill my... This is my sister, but I want you to kill her. But I, it does it, it anyway. He still wants his sister killed. It, it doesn't matter. He's not trying to kill John Wick because John Wick is a fucking, you know murdering bastard he's trying to kill john wick so john wick doesn't kill he's protecting himself he's literally defending himself from john wick doesn't make him a good guy but he's not a fucking villain do you see the big difference you can't call someone a villain you can't call someone a joker-esque type villain when he knows the end game is this dude's gonna kill me right yeah once i set this marker this dude is free to do what the fuck he wants and he's going to kill me so I need to put a contingency plan together. And that contingency plan is, I'm going to run New York, so I better get my fucking ducks in a row and try to kill John Wick before he kills me. That's the plan. It went to shit. We all know that. Okay, but you know where he fucked (laughs) up, right? He fucked up when he attacked John Wick's house. No, that has nothing to do with it. That's materialistic bullshit. When John Wick turned him down, he should have went to someone else to try to get the job done. No, that's not how it works. Again, you're missing the whole subtext. You have a marker. You sold. You told me that when I, the the underlying current calling in the marker, the calling in the marker. Yes. When I call it in, you have to do what I say, no matter what. You cannot turn me down. That's why I called in the marker. You turned me down. So therefore, the unwritten law is I get to kill you. That was that was all talked about in in the fucking when they were sitting there talking. Yeah. Yes. If you don't do this. I'm sorry, I'm just going, I have to, I, I have to do what I have to do. I understand. But I'm not in this game anymore. But you are. You you are totally in this game when you, you came back from, in the first chapter. Do you not think that that's stupid, though, that he would try to kill John Wick? John, the fucking boogeyman Wick. No. Before he gets his sister out of the way? No. He hired John Wick. John Wick turns him down. It wasn't even hired. You owe me a favor because I did a favor for you. And you refused that favor. So now I have to end your life. That's how it works in this universe. You owe somebody a favor, you put in your blood marker, you're a fucking hitman, your life is forfeit if you turn down that blood marker. Yes. So therefore, he has no qualms about him blowing up his house. Has no issues with it. He isn't going after the dude for blowing up his fucking house. He's going after the dude because A, he had to kill a person he really liked and B, the guy's just a piece of shit. So you... I think that because Keanu Reeves has his own, or John Wick has his own set of rules, that he knew his house was going to get blown up. Didn't no, he expected it because he turned down the fucking marker. What part of this conversation are you getting lost in? 
I'm getting lost at how you're trying to bring up all these other things to not consider that guy a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He's a fucking horrible bad guy. No, he's not. He is a goon and he's a bad he's guy. He's a goon, but he's not a bad guy. He's he look, you can't be a bad guy by going after by going to somebody and saying, You owe me. Well, I'm not gonna do it. But you owe me. You you fucking put your blood on this contract. This is a contract. Let me finish, because I know. This is a fucking contract. And I'm hiring you to finish this contract. But you don't do it. So therefore I have to do what I have to do. And the rules state because it was already talked about yes. in the next scene. I had not fucking nauseam. Yes, I know. I but get you're it. not getting it. He had to do it. I get it. Okay? So he's not a bad guy. He is a bad guy. No, he's not. I'm going to tell you why he's a fucking bad guy. And I already told you before why he's a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. He sets up his sister, his own fucking sister. So what? Murdered. He's a piece of shit. That, that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Donald Trump isn't a good guy. He's a piece of shit. Is he a villain? If you set up your own family members to be killed, you're a bad guy. You're in a fucking mafia. That still doesn't mean you're not a bad guy. It doesn't matter. He's not a bad guy. He's just a piece of shit. <laughs> you just, that makes you're no not s- a bad guy for killing off your own family. You're just a piece of shit. Hey, you're a good guy. I never said good guy. I said he was a piece of shit. The, he's a bad guy. No, because his sister's a piece of shit, too. Look, you, you want to talk about the grand picture of everything? Fine. And when you get to the third movie, there'll be someone way more powerful and higher up, just, and then he'll be the villain. You're just putting these people in little boxes because it's easier. They're not bad guys. They're just fucking pieces of shit. The way the movie goes through the motions, this guy is made to be the figurehead of the, of the, of the bad guy. No. Yes. No. Wrong. That's why John Wick follows him to the fucking museum and tries to kill him there. Okay? You're wrong. You're wrong. He's not a bad guy. He just is in the fucking way. He's not a bad guy. This dude, the whole subtext of this fucking movie is this guy's calling in a marker for past transgressions. Yes. So we don't know their whole history. And it's pretty much saying that John Wick, even though he's out, he's never fucking out. I, I... But that's not the point. The history of this is when John Wick wanted to get out of the Russian mafia, he used this guy mm-hmm. to help get him out of the fucking yeah, Russian to do mafia. The, to take care of the impossible task. Yes. But something happened. Something happened between those two that caused strife. Because when he called in that marker, he didn't want to do it. If there was no strife, if there was no tension between people that have done markers like this, he would have said, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it, but I'm out after this. You cannot ask me anymore. That's the impression you got. <laughs> that's, that's the total impression of what happened. That's not my impression. And my guess is, is it has something to do with... His sister, John Wick and his sister were involved as lovers, and he got in the middle of those two and fucked everything up. I could see that as a possibility, but the way I saw it was that he had already made, John Wick had already made a personal commitment to himself to not work anymore. And the only reason why he was still working at the beginning of the movie, because his journey hadn't been finished yet with with what had happened with the dog and his car. Okay. But he said to everyone that he was back. Well, I thought- Are you back, John Wick? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was in the moment kind of thing. That's that's the impression I take from it. No, but he doesn't do that. He's not an in-the-moment type of guy. Everything is calculated. Every move, everything he does is calculated. I guess you could say that I'm back. I just figure he's he doesn't want this life anymore. <laughs> he, he doesn't, but he keeps getting pulled back in. Yeah. They keep pulling me back in. Anyways, moving on. He, we're going to disagree. Let's agree to disagree. Okay? You right. You think he's a bad guy. I think he's just a fucking piece of shit. Okay? Come say, come saw. Doesn't matter. Yeah. He is the focal point of 
the villain in this picture. Although I disagree that he's a villain because they're in the same they're they're in the same kind of world. I, yes, I, exactly. Yeah, so that, that's fine. You you have a more depth explanation for the the motivations of it, but I I pretty much got all that anyway. I just see the guy differently than you see him. Right, and right. and and the thing is, is that. Again, something from the past once he's out, because Ian McShane even explained it to him. Yeah. Hey, once he's done, you fucking, you've awakened the beast. Yeah. And you're a dick. And that's what I like about this movie is that it, it added to the mythology that, that was hinted at in the beginning of the movie, right. at the beginning of the first, or in the first movie. Yeah. And w- what was really nice about it was basically Ian McShane saying, nobody likes you and your father didn't even like you, you're a fucking turd. Yeah. But rules need to be followed. Yeah. Otherwise, we're just animals. Right. Yeah, so it it, it, it it was just look, man. This movie is fucking fun. That that that's still you know, regardless of any disagreement we have, this is a fun movie. And to see uh, John Wick just tear through people. Hold on a sec. What? So we're looking at the IMD. Yeah. Look at the writers. Yeah. One. There's two. Well, it's <laughs> writers. Derek Colstad. Oh, Derek Colstad yeah. based on characters created by. Okay, so these fucking IMDb needs, needs to get. But see, and look at that. You have like one writer or whatever on the movie. Yeah, you have one writer, and you have a director that cares about. Or one guy with two different personalities with the same name. That could be. <laughs> so but you have a you have a director that cares about the franchise. That guy wasn't in the movie. David Patrick Kelly from yes. the Warriors. Remember, he was one of the cleanup crew in the first movie. Yes, I didn't see him. There. The cop was there. I didn't see David Patrick Kelly though. He's probably. Out. I was I was thinking he might have been in like a, a deleted scene or something. It's probably what it is. He plays Charlie. He's listed. So yeah, he's probably in a. But <clears throat> look, we, just as you said, one director, one writer. When you have people like this that are working together, mm-hmm. and they're doing they're doing the right stuff. Yeah, it's fucking easy. Taylor Sheridan, who did uh, Hell or High Water. Yeah, directed that or uh, wrote that. Yep. I mean, you still you could get teams of people that are writing, but again, like, like yeah. like Rogue One. I still have problems with Rogue One mm-hmm. because it, it didn't flow for me. But I'm in the minority on that for some reason. Like, everybody thinks that's fucking even better than The Force Awakens. No, it's not. No, it's not. Larry Kasdan wrote fu- fucking Force Awakens. Visually great-looking movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sets and the and the costumes are fucking amazing. But, yeah, the story just wasn't done right. It just wasn't told right. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So. I, but whatever. That's You know what? <laughs> my My problem with this movie is... Twofold. Keanu Reeves can't act for shit. <laughs> you you had a problem with him acting in this movie, dude? It, I don't know. You know why I didn't have a problem? That's why it's twofold. Okay, I didn't have a problem with it because it fits the character. But every time he talked, it was like he was t- trying to take a shit. Okay, so so uh, John Wickery back. Uh, yes. Well, that's how Rick Rick I'm Sanchez like, sounds in the fucking Rick and Morty. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, but that's Rick and Morty. But I'm talking about Keanu. I I guess. <laughs> like he was. It didn't feel natural every time he talked. Like they're sitting at the bar, he's like, you know, uh, I, I, so uh, I guess we're gonna have to kill each other. <laughs> I always find the critique of Keanu Reeves hilarious because I can't argue with it. There's no way I, I, I can never argue with the acting capabilities of Keanu Reeves. But I just don't see it as bad as a lot of people see it. It's fucking awful, dude. <laughs> it really is. Like, it, it would have been better to have Justin Roiland dub in his lines for John Wick too. Yeah. Just like what I always think of when I think of bad acting in Keanu Reeves, I think of that Mad TV skit. You uh-huh. know, the the school of acting, Keanu Reeves school of acting. Right. Okay, now repeat after me. Whoa. No, 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 no. You didn't do it right. Whoa. <laughs> or the what was it? This there was a Steven Seagal uh, school of fighting or whatever. Yeah. 
ah, you broke my arm. <laughs> oh, damn it. All right. So Wow, John Wick's, the movie John Wick was originally called. Hmm. That would have been a cool name, but whatever. I, it is what it is. Look at that. One guy wrote it. Not fucking 16 people that like get together and write a Transformer scene. Because <laughs> those turn out so well yeah. with all these different writers second guessing themselves. Yeah. So, you know, when you have when you have Keanu Reeves talking, all I could think of is what if Morty did it? This is John. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> We're on page four. It, it, it had to be you. Be seeing ya. The doctor. The doctor turns off the machine, lights dim, the room settles into silence, and Norma's body grows. The doctor leaves John to be as his wife. Be seeing. In a moment of fucking tragedy, I have the fucking. John Wick? Yes! It's funny that, because I'm the one that said that he's fucking sound like Rick. Yeah. And the pen. Oh, sorry. Yeah, whole John Wick script there. I do. All right. Thanks. Damn it. I should have used the word wicked when describing this fucking movie. God damn it. John awakes to hear Moose growling with tail found the closed door. Unschool? Do you need to go out? So could I. It would seem. What, what, what's what's going Moose? <laughs> Moose? <laughs> Dude, come on, man. Will you find the keys? Yeah, he, he kept them in a bowl like my old man. <laughs> we could totally do a, to- a Rick and Morty fucking John. We have to do that. <laughs> 101 pages. Ricky Anna Jones. All right. So um, I know that we've already been on this movie for a little while, uh, but. Yeah, an hour. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but. I know there's a, we're going to have to skip over a few things, but this movie had some really cool moments in it. I already talked about the whole intro. Um, the shootouts. I, one of my favorite like appearances or like looks of the scene was when after he killed... Um, well, I'm sorry, after she killed herself, you know, the sister, and then he shot her in the head. Right. Um, which was, that was a really good scene. I like that scene. It was very quiet and intimate, you know? Um and it fits into the whole style of, of the way they do it, you know, in, in that in that world. But after he left, and after he um he got into that you know quick fight with uh with Common, and then he gets out of there, um the uh, the location that they were at, you know the the stone air, you know it was like stone uh, buildings, you know castle like, yeah, castle esque, and uh and the lighting and the and just how there's grass all over the ground, it just all of it, it just was so well done. Have they announced the third season yet? Coming it's, out? It'll come out when it comes out. Eh, Mr. Meeseeks. I can't. Oh. Mr. Meeseeks. <laughs> we just want to die. Uh, I think that's the the guy that does Mr. Meeseeks is the guy that does Lemonhead. Yeah, it's the same guy that does Rick and Morty. Yeah, no, Justin Roiland. I don't think Justin Roiland does Lemonhead. Huh. Lemon grab? Lemon. Yeah. Acceptable. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it yeah, is. Yeah, it is. All right. The Earl of Lemon Grass. Doesn't he also do Mr. Poopy Butthole? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Starfish. I liked Common in this movie. Most of the time, Common doesn't get a whole lot of dialogue in his movies that he's in. Um, like, for example, Suicide Squad. Remember when he wants to hook up with Harley? For, and then all of a sudden, the Joker kills him. Remember that uh-huh. one quick scene? Right. Uh, or, you know, or in Street Kings, where he only had, a, you know, a few lines of, you know, of a gangbanger dialogue. Uh, but in this movie, you get to see that Common actually has an ability to interact with the, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I can speak for you when you say that Common was a, a better actor when he was conversing with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Do you want to say that? Yeah. All right. So, but the, you know what? All that's fun. All that was fun. And there's three times where Keanu and Common fought each other. Um, right after the assassination, um, 
on the subway or that was the third time and then the second time was right was in the streets remember when when they all when they activated all the assassins to come after him halfway through the movie <laughs> um that was that fucking dude that that scene was so goddamn funny with when all these guys the fat you know sumo looking dude um the lady who's a violin player right all these people just start like just attacking john out of nowhere it was kind of like uh holy shit you're right it was like the matrix because how everyone kept becoming an agent at the end and, uh-huh. and coming after him. You're right. That was like a fuck. I just didn't think of it that way. But um, yeah, it, it, all these people keep attacking. It's like a movie that starts with them. <laughs> the, the Matrix? No. Another movie. <laughs> Similar to The Matrix, but not The Matrix. Next play. So yeah, it, it, it was funny. It was, it was, uh, it just, it, it, it got me excited. And I, I love it when a movie gets me excited. Um, Hardcore Henry. That movie get, gets me excited, you know, because it's so so intense and so well shot and just fun. And so like the whole scene where they're attacking him and then uh, Common's going after him and they're shooting at each other, but they're trying not to let any, uh, you know, any bystanders notice or anything and shit. And it was just, all of it was so much fun. And uh, the movie just doesn't let up. It doesn't, it just, it just keeps going to the next, the next, you know, badass scene. Um, and then this movie has all the little enjoyments. The, one of the little enjoyments is the the scene with Peter Serafinowicz, uh-huh. right, where he plays the sommelier, <laughs> right, and and John Wick goes to get some weapons from him, and it, it, just the the grace, you know, the 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 um the luxuriousness of of uh of the way that Serafinowicz's character um uh loves his job, right, mm-hmm. like you know he's like the uh you know I, I know his name's the sommelier, but he's like the uh, the guy at the hotel, you know, that takes care of everything. You know, he's like that. And he's just, yes, uh, and <laughs> would you be liking this and liking that? And it, it, it just, those little things, man, it, it just makes the movie so much fun. And then Ian McShane's character, of course. Um, I love Ian McShane and everything he's in, even when he played Blackbeard in that shitty fucking Pirates movie. Ian McShane is awesome. And in this movie, he gets more dialogue. And and you know that he, like, he's fucking powerful. You know what I mean? But he still respects people. It's not like he, he's not like the asshole, you know, the my villain of the movie, you know, he's, 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 he's just a, an awesome character. Um, I didn't like how they treated Lance Reddick's character in the movie. Um, well, this, this is, this is fucking, I, this is something I grabbed at, but Lance Reddick's character of Chiron or Corone or whatever the fuck you want to pronounce him. Um, they didn't use his character in my eyes properly because from the first movie setup, he, they, he became this character that was like, he was interesting, you know, like, and in this movie, they made him just watch the dog. And don't get me wrong. It was funny for a moment, but it just, that's it. That's all you're going to give Lance Reddick is just have him stay with the dog. That's right. it. So it would have been nice to see a little more with his character. But I mean, look, the first movie kind of set up what his character was. He's just the guy at the front desk, right? So, okay, whatever. Not, not, a, not a huge, not a huge, you know, problem with the movie. Uh, but stay on the mic. You can, you, you, wait, you notice it when I'm all over the place? Yes. Like this? <laughs> That's right. why I have the headphones on. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, it just, dude, Franco Nero, all right, all these guys, all these little, these actors that had their, their few scenes, you know, all added to this movie. And it was, oh, God, dude, I don't want to see that ugly fucker ever again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Snowflake. Anyways. Yeah. So, uh, also, I mean, let's just get to the end of the movie. The end of the movie leaves things open. Oh, really? Yeah. Finally? Finally. Fuck you. You can step in anytime. Um, <laughs> When you when you want to uh, when they end this movie, it 
there's not a big shootout, you know, which a lot of movies you would expect, right? No, this movie doesn't have. Instead, it's just setting up the next one, and it's cool because you get to see. Did I just go through puberty on that fucking one, on that sentence? No, but you're awful on the mic. This is weird. Why is it constantly because all over? Because you're all over the fucking place, and then you get real close to the mic. <laughs> you should see me in the bedroom. Yeah. Get real close to the dick. That's why there's supposed to be... You're an you, asshole. You don't have to do this chicken neck. Oh. All right. Just keep your head focused. If you have to move the mic, move the mic with you. No, it, it makes it like... A, see, you can hear that when I yeah, move it. Yeah, if you're fucking doing it like that. But if you do it silently, nobody will notice as you're moving it around. All right, Sensei. I like the open ending of the movie. It's really cool because he just runs off and he's got an hour to get away from everybody. That's awesome. And you know that they're going to... Look, as long as you have the same director come back, Chad Stahelski, um, who co-directed the first film, and this one, he's doing. he directed it all by himself. I don't know what happened to the other guy that co-directed the first one with him, but whatever. Um, I don't even know if he's involved with the producing, but it doesn't matter. This is one of those sequels that matches the original and it makes you... It makes you love, it makes me realize that there's still plenty of things to be done in the action genre. And John Wick Chapter 2 is one of them. Yep. Um, the original John Wick, I gave an 8.5 out of 10 because I absolutely fucking loved it, uh, even though I forgot about the dog at the end. And this one, I gave an 8 because this one is just a touch below because my quote unquote villain for this movie is not anywhere near as attractive in you know style or anything as Michael Nykvist was in the first one all right because and look i know it's hard you can you can use your 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 um what do you call theology with um it's not theology your your own the idea your own theory about um Michael Nykvist as well you could say that he's not a villain in there because he's just doing what he has to do right well yeah but his son's the villain because his son fucking took the car. Yeah, his son's the, his son's the piece of shit. <laughs> right. His son's the one that set these actions and in motion. And then his father is the one that does what he has to do, right? Right. All right. So, but anyway, the, this movie didn't have that main bad guy or whatever. <laughs> That's a funny picture. All right. Was that too loud in your ears? No, it's it, you get distracted so easy. Come well, quit on. fucking looking at other shit while we're talking. I don't have to. Well, then, there's eight repercussions, buddy. Fucking turn the monitor off. You're such a hypocrite. I can talk and look at this shit. <laughs> well, don't expect me not to look at it. All right. Uh, I get like I said. I gave the movie an eight point uh, eight. Yeah, eight out of ten. What did you? What do you think? What do you? What is? What is your opinion? On Seven and a half, eight. Okay. Yeah, it's it's right up there. It's one of my favorites so far this year. All right. Um, before the movie came out, it was currently at a ninety five percent approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. As of today, this movie is at a. Um, Dude, it, it is at a fucking unbelievable ninety percent approval rate. Okay. By critics, I, I just don't. I look, we we did our predictions for what we thought Rotten Tomatoes was going to be on this, and we were both off because I think yours was higher than mine, or was it? I don't remember. But okay, mine was a fifty-five, and mine yours was, was seventy. So you were a lot closer. Um, my prediction was it was just gonna, you know, critics were gonna see, oh, just another shoot 'em up sequel, right? But it's not. This movie just, it's just smart. You know, it doesn't. I don't. I don't think I want to use the word exploitative. Is it, is it? Would you? Consider? No, it's not. Yeah, it's just it's just fun and it's well thought out and it just works. So I highly recommend seeing John Wick Chapter Two. Um, and what's your opinion on the movie, Mike? <laughs> Since I hogged the whole thing, dude, we've been doing this for a fucking I'm hour kid- and fifteen minutes. It was a joke. 
Well, we did talk about Justice League, so just so you know. All right. So, moving on. My flick of the week is the 2016 Michael Bay directed. <laughs> you get tired of my voice in the microphone. <laughs> Mine is the 2016 Michael Bay directed 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. This film is, of course, Michael Bay's vision of the events from uh, September 11, 2012, where um, the uh, ambassador, the United States ambassador in Libya was um, was murdered, was killed in uh, in Benghazi, of course. And he was, uh, and also it was, it's about the soldiers who lived one mile away at a compound, a black site, um, with a uh, CIA chief. Um, who uh, you know inhibits them from doing anything that they need to get done. So anyway, this is one of those movies where you know. Look, I wanted to see it in uh, in theaters because uh, an ex coworker of mine, a friend of mine, saw it, and he because he's big on action and he loves guns and stuff, so he knows everything there is to know about guns. Um, oh fuck, dude, he's like an aficionado with that shit. He even works at a gun store, dude. Yeah, he knows the shit. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So he saw it and he told me a bunch of good things about it. But of course, it's a Michael Bay movie, so I'm not. I know that it's not going to be as good as it should be, especially when it's based on true events, right? Fuck you, Michael Bay. <laughs> now, this is a two and a half hour movie. All right, the first hour of the movie deals with setting up of the characters and the events that are going to lead into this thirteen hours thing, right? And the char- look, most of the like all the soldiers that they actually show in the movie. Um, the, here's a problem with them, and my problem with them is that they're gay. They're all bearded, and they're all beards. They're all they're all bearded. They all have beards, and besides, I, I, I said that to somebody yeah. a while ago, and they didn't about, get it about being a beard. Yeah, and she looked at me and she goes, "It's a beard." <laughs> I went, "It's it's when the gay guy acts like he's straight, uh-huh. but they call it a beard because it's actually a pussy thing." She goes, I, I don't get it. Yeah, like you would call like the wife, like a woman that marries a gay guy, so to make it look like he's straight, you call her the beard. Right. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> all the all the all the soldiers in this are bearded, and that's fine and all. But besides the two main soldiers that they deal with in the film, played by John Krasinski, who you know was on The Office, and also uh, uh, James Badge Dale. Um, the reason why I bring up James Badge Dale is because he's this charismatic actor who, um, remember in World War Z, um, when they go to, China, um, what was it, Korea, and the guy goes, oh, I can't believe it, I'm a goddamn Z. Remember that guy? Right. That actor. He's very, you know, he he controls his role. When he's talking, he's one of those guys that you're listening to intently on the screen. Um, so he's a really cool character in that. But now, everybody else, they all fucking look the same because of the beards. All right. So there's when when the movie gets to the to the nitty gritty, right? When it gets to the action, and there's a few people that die. Spoiler alert. Okay. When a few of these soldiers die, you can't really fucking tell who it is that died, and everyone's all, oh, and they call out their name and shit like that. But you know, it they all look because they all look the same, and and their characters weren't fully treated as well as they could have been. It, it you don't really know who the fuck it was that died. Okay. That's the problem I have with this. One of the many problems I have with this movie is also this movie tries to be Black Hawk Down. It even makes a Black Hawk Down reference in the movie, and it's not Black Hawk fucking down. Okay, really, Scott knew how to make that movie. He he knew how to set you up with the right characters to make you care about them when they go through the ordeal that they're going to go through, and then he delivers on every fucking level with that movie. With this one, Michael Bay does the Michael Bay thing. Not as bad as Transformers, but complete with bottle rockets. Yes. 
then that's the problem. Like all the action scenes, okay, all the action scenes are really well shot. The the you know the, the cinematography with the shooting and and all the you know the sets and everything looks great. But when there's the Michael Bay explosions, man, you've got fucking the bottle rocket thing, which fucking drives me goddamn insane. I think the bottle rocket thing drives me crazy, like the lens flare thing for J.J. Abrams does to some people. All right. And then there's another thing, though. In this movie, besides the bottle rockets, there's also glitter, like, you know, sparkles in the fucking explosions as well. And that 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 started to bug the shit out of me. Another thing the movie tries to do is, even though it's serious at times where it mostly needs to be serious, it also tries to do this mild comic relief thing where they have um, a, a Libyan character who is an interpreter at the base that they're at, right? And he ends up going out into the field with these guys when they're trying to rescue the ambassador. And he makes these, you know, these naive, these, um, these, uh, you know, uh, the paranoid comments, you know, and, and the shaky, oh my god, you know, that kind of shit, right? Like we're watching like a, a like a like an action scene from Armageddon or something. Okay, it doesn't fucking work because this movie is supposed to be about about the guys that gave their lives trying to protect the ambassador and all these other people at this black site. And yet you you try to make it funny here and there, like it's like a you know like a like a Transformers movie in a way, and it just it does not work. It it kills the rhythm of the movie when it does that shit. Uh, so that that's one of the you know one of the things that keeps us from being a really good movie is that um, one of the things. Yeah, one of the things. But all in all, this is def it's worth seeing. All right, because I saw it on Hulu, and if you like action movies. There's way worse when it comes to action movies than 13 Hours. 13 Hours is watchable. Um, it's cliched, as, of course. The CIA chief who runs the black site, he's that asshole who keeps... Um, he's the cliched asshole who keeps uh, keep um, everyone from doing their job. Uh-huh. And he criticizes them. And then all of a sudden, finally, when they take over and then they save the day, then he you know, he admits he was wrong at the end of the movie kind of thing. And then they all laugh. and Kind of kind of like that, time. yeah. Kind of like that. It's just like, come on, dude. This isn't fucking Pearl Harbor. This isn't, you know, uh, one of the other, you know, action movies that you know, Michael Bay's done. It just, that's what hurts this movie. Because if this movie had been done by Ridley Scott or another um, director who's really good at doing action or, you know, war movies, this would have been way better. But like I said, not bad. And it is, it is, it is an entertaining film to watch. And it doesn't suck. It does not suck. Okay. So, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. It's currently on Hulu for free. Cool. All right. Mine is H.P. Lovecraft. From came out in 1986. It was directed by Stuart Gordon. Okay. Stuart Gordon is... Sounds familiar. Uh, Reanimator, From Beyond, Castle Freak, From Dagon. There's a horror episode, Dreams in the Witch House. He's done a lot of stuff. Seems like he likes Poe, right? So. Yeah, and he also did Robot Jocks and Fortress. Fortress he, with... Uh, um, his name is there... Hold on a second. Christopher Lambert. He also created Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. He also wrote Body Snatcher, Space Trucker, The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit, produced and directed that, and then a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, what's really interesting is that he is the co-creator of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's That guy's got fucking Disney money. Oh, yeah, he does. Anyways, um, he directed From Beyond. From Beyond stars Jeffrey Combs as Crawford Tillinghast. Uh, Barbara Crampton as Dr. Catherine McMichaels, Ted Sorrell as Dr. Epitorius, Ken Forey as Bubba Brownlee, and <laughs> Carolyn Purdy Gordon as Dr. Block. There's just, not a, just imagine saying that name really fast. Bubba Brownlee? Bubba Brownlee. Sounds like a football player. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what he is. Or a fucking southern <clears throat> sheriff. Again, 
taking from the Fangoria, and we'll get into Fangoria. Taking from the Fangoria thing, um, this is one of the movies that was on the cover of Fangoria that I had to watch. Uh-huh. Um, Ted Sorrell, who plays Dr. Edward Pretorius, is a scientist who's developed what's called the Resonator. It's a machine that allows whoever's within range to see beyond normal perceptible reality. His assistant, Dr. Crawford Tillinghast, activates the machine and soon sees strange creatures in the air. Um, he gets bitten by one and he orges, orges, <laughs> he urges, <laughs> he orgies Dr. Pretorius to turn the machine off. But where's your mind at? I don't know. Dr. Pretorius refuses because what's going on is this machine is activating the pineal gland, the third eye, right? Okay. And what happens is, is that ev- events happen. We don't see what happens to Dr. Pretorius. All we see is Jeffrey Combs' character, Dr. Tillinghast, re- run out of the room and past um, the maid for Dr. Uh, Pretorius. And when the police arrive, they find Pretorius has been decapitated. Huh. And Crawford is arrested and accused of murder, and he's committed to a psychiatric ward where he's treated by Catherine McMichaels, whom he talks, he he's able to talk to and get her to believe his story. So she releases him, but when he's she's re, he's released into her custody, and they are accompanied by this detective, uh, Ken Forey, who plays Bubba, and they investigate Pretorius's death. So they return to the house; it's completely empty, and Catherine and Crawford rebuild this resonator. Well, <clears throat> when they reactivate the machine, more creatures appear, and a severely deformed Pretorius, who's still alive, shows up. He tells he tells all the people that are there as they're watching him, like he's this fucking he's a he's a Cronenberg. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you want to take it from yeah. Rick and Morty, he's been Cronenberg. <laughs> what movie is that from? Naked Lunch. Any Cronenberg movie? Well, I, I, I mean, I know the, I know the episode of Rick and Morty. I just mean like specific. Or... Every single Cronenberg movie. Okay, I know it like in The Fly or yeah. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, this Pretorius character comes back and he's completely fucking just awful. And Crawford shuts down this resonator, making the creature Doctor Pretorius vanish. Well, what happens is it's not it, it, it's not just that you know when you turn on the resonator, these creatures appear and then turn it off. It keeps reactivating stuff in your brain, right? Uh-huh. And things start to happen. So, like, in little weird things. Um, I haven't described the house. The house is a Victorian house. Okay. It's very cool looking. But they're sleeping in one of the rooms, and they have picked, and one of the rooms has not naked women, but women in a corset. Not panties, fully dressed. Panties and thigh-high socks, stockings. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's like, it's like just the, from the neck down. And part of it, I mean, she's pulling down her panties, right? And it's painting. It's actually a pretty cool picture <laughs> when it comes right down to it. But that's not just all that's there, right? There's, like, Catherine, the the doctor, the female doctor, starts to wander about the place after the events of the resonator, right? <laughs> and what she does is she goes back upstairs to where this resonator is and turns the machine back on. And Crawford doesn't like it, okay? So... They they shut the reactor off again. Um, this movie is just fucking bizarre. It's I'm trying <laughs> it's to. It's H.P. Lovecraft, dude. Yeah. Yeah. See. Okay. Well, here's what happens: is when they try to go turn the machine back on, or when they turn the machine off, this Pretorius comes back and he starts to cause problems for all of all of the characters. Yeah. And they're able to disable the machine. When they disable the machine, 
all I can eat. <laughs> yeah, I, tr- I try to stay back from the mic because you know I'm a fat guy breathing and I'm sitting down, <laughs> so I have pressure because my stomach's pushing into my lungs more yeah. when I'm sitting down. Lose weight, fatty. <laughs> so I, I try to stay away from the mic when I'm not talking because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want it to sound like sleep apnea or something. While I'm, you know, right. So, well, anyways, what's going on is, is when before they were able to shut off the machine, this Dr. Catherine girl is grabbed by Pretorius. And his fingers elongate, and he's touching her boobs, and and <laughs> yeah. all, all, all the sexual things that are going on. And I was just, I'm trying to figure out a way to to present this without sounding like a fucking uh, a perv, but I, I could care less. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> what he's trying to do is he's trying to eat her mind, and the way he does that is he's trying to latch onto her eyeball, her her left eye, yeah. and suck her brain out through her eye. Okay. And they're able to turn the machine off. Well. After they turn the machine off, Catherine becomes overtly sexual. Horny. Yeah. No, not just, it's not horny. It's, Nymphatic? Yeah. All right. She, she becomes completely fucking off the chart sexual. Like the whole, when they, before they were able to turn the machine off, Crawford, it, it's, and I hate saying these names without saying the character or without saying the actor, but Jeffrey Combs and Lee go down, or Ken Forey, I'm sorry. Jeffrey Combs and Ken Forey go downstairs because Dr. Pretorius is trying to keep them from turning the machine off, okay? And, yeah, I said they turned them off. They did. But what happens is is that there's this giant leech in the basement, the power grid, the main power panel is, uh-huh. and Combs jumps into the water and gets attacked by the leech. Like, the leech literally clamps over his body. Yeah. And Ken Forey's character is off the power. When he turns off the power... Well, now um, Jeffrey Combs' character is uh-huh. completely bald, and he's got these suction marks all over him. Right? <laughs> okay. And he's he's injured. So they bring him upstairs to one of the rooms, and everybody just kind of relaxes after that point, right? They're like, the, the machine's turned off. The threat is gone. Kind of. Let's, let's just kind of take a minute to heal a little bit and then get the fuck out of here, right? Well, Catherine wakes up in this day's sex dream. She doesn't... She, is not thinking. She's not herself. And she starts wandering around the room and she puts on these corsets, this black leather corset and stocking panties and everything else. And then she sees Combs sitting there and then she walks over to him and starts rubbing on him and gets on top of him. When Ken comes in, Bubba, the detective comes in and goes, what the hell are you doing? And then she gets up and looks at him, you know, smiling. And she's like, you know, want to have a good time, big boy type of thing. And he, he like slaps her, slaps her awake. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? And as that happens, they're like, we got to fucking, we got to do something about this resonator. Okay? They should, we need to leave the house. But Pretorius is able to return and turn back or turn on the resonator. Okay? Which causes them to not leave the house. It's that simple. So they all try to go upstairs. Well, Catherine and Jeffrey Combs' characters is upstairs is he's attacked, they're both attacked by this swarm of bees or flies or whatever. Where the fuck did they come from? From Dr. Pretorius. <laughs> he summoned them, right? Okay. <laughs> like, they're bee-like creatures, and and then what happens is, is that I guess they're attracted to light. So they, they're standing in the light and they can't get it away. And Bubba comes up and as he's trying to, as he's trying to turn the machine off and ultimately kill Pretorius, he takes an axe and cuts into the wires but the wires are still using the axe as a conduit. Yeah. So he takes out his light, and then he realizes that the bees are attracted to the light. Well, he drops the light, and it starts shining on him, which is stupid because all he had to do was just move. 
but yeah. he didn't. So he gets sworn by these bees and eaten alive. <laughs> yeah. And what's left of him is nothing but a, this, this cavity of bones in his head, right? Okay. It's kind of gross looking, but the makeup effects are fucking great. Okay. So Catherine is able to get away and grabs a fire extinguisher and short circuits the machine. And she sprays it with a fire, with a fire extinguisher. She and, and Crawford go back to the hospital and where she's evaluated for insanity and schizophrenia since her story was just like Crawford as Catherine is being prepared for shock treatment. Um, Crawford has developed an overwhelming hunger for human brains. Oh, yeah. He's also been changed. So he has this big fucking cranium now. Yeah. And he has this this eye, this weird eye that comes out, his p- pineal gland. Yeah. Or pineal gland. and Sounds sexual. And <laughs> what's going on is, is that he can see... Your brain, he can see, like, um, not infrared, but ul- not ultraviolet, but he can see your heat patterns, like the predator, right? Yeah. So he's, so what he does is, <laughs> while they're in the hospital, he gets up and he kills one of, one of the doctors by sucking her brain out. And then he takes Catherine, or, and while this is all going on, Catherine escapes because he's trying to kind of save her. And they go back to the house. Catherine put, I don't know where she got a bomb from, but she puts a bomb on this resonator. And goes to leave when Crawford attacks her. As he is about to eat her brain, she bites off the... They, they get into this fight. The thing comes out. Yeah. And she bites it. That's rev- fucking gross. And and he comes back to his senses. Like, fuck, we got to get out of here. You know, this is this is all fucking crazy. When, what kills me is when they're in the hospital and they see Dr. Crawford's head and his pinion sticking out. And the doctor, Dr. Block, who's played by Carolyn Purdy Gordon says, you know, you could have killed him. Oh, my God, you know, you're such a, you're such a bad person, this Catherine, right? Yeah. And they're not really trying. I mean, it's like, you could have killed this great doctor, but what the fuck is wrong with his head <laughs> type of thing? They didn't even go into that. It was just no explanation of just you are a fucking douche for doing this to Jeffrey Combs' character. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dr. Crawford gets killed. He gets eaten by Dr. Pretorius when the machine comes back on. Yeah. And as as it's going on, he he's as he's trying to make his way out of the body to return to normal. But he's back to normal when he rips out of the body. Yeah, he's like telling Catherine to get out. You know, you need to escape. And the only way she can escape is by jumping out the window. And this part's always bugged me because she, when she jumps out the window, she lands awkwardly, and you don't see it at first. But she moves. The camera's sitting right on her, and her leg is broken. And it's a, it's an effect. You know, it's not that big of a deal. But it's a proper effect. It's always bothered me because the leg is broken. He is. Yeah. And it's sticking out of her leg. It's sticking out of the skin. Uh-huh. It's, now, horror doesn't bother me. The Friday the 13th killings and stuff like that, that shit don't bother me. Yeah. It's the real garish wounds. Oh, the compound fractures? Compound fractures and shit like that that I've always bugged me. And I now, can see that. This movie isn't great. I love watching it because... <clears throat> It's an H.P. Lovecraft movie, and it's one of the first ones I've seen of this type of horror, not not Escape from New York or not Friday the 13th or whatever. Movies more along the line of you know, The Beast Within or, or From Beyond or Rian. Goofy, fun, but also completely wacky horror. Just, I don't even, just, it's H.P. Lovecraft. Did you laugh at the end on that final scene? Yeah, I laughed. When she's screaming, it ate him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's what's fun about it is that this fucking movie has one, two, three, four, five different people in it, you know, and there are there are bits and pieces where Crawford is running around the hospital killing and eating people, yeah, like sucking their brains out, <laughs> and like he lets a bum there's a there's a homeless guy that they're wheeling in that was injured, yeah, but 
Crawford, Jeffrey Combs' character, leaves him alone but goes after the ambulance drivers, you know? And then they escape, or he escapes. So it's, I don't know, it's 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 not a great movie. It's just fun. That's really what it is. Um, Combs and Crampton have worked together on Reanimator, if you've seen that movie. Uh, I haven't seen Reanimator in a very long time, but I've seen it. I think Ted Sorrell also in a bunch of, he's been on Guiding Light, and what now? Um, okay, a buddy of mine, uh, he, uh, he used to, okay, he's one of those people that would always, um, put his personal shit on Facebook, you know, and complain about, you know, oh, I'm, you know, the nice guy's, you know, status where, oh yeah, all the girls always go for the other kind of guys and they never go for me. Wow, 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 whiny, 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 right? Right. And so <laughs> me and, me and a, a friend of I, uh, yo, he would, uh, he would, I start talking about like, cause he always feel like. I go, yeah. What if he was like, uh, what if he was like uh, Satan from uh, from South Park? And we go, sometimes you feel like you have no respect for me, right? Right. And so, yo, one time made up this because I I suggested to him that he should make up a meme with that picture and then put it put it on there. And so, it, he never found it with the words on there. So he had to actually do a meme generator and put the words. Sometimes I feel like you don't have any respect for me on on the picture where Satan's sitting in bed with Saddam Hussein. Right. And so uh, we said every time we told these, you know, is it so every time he Ruben posts one of these fucking these whiny, you know, pity me fucking things on, on Facebook, just post that fucking meme every time. Right. Uh-huh. And so we did that a few times and it would piss Ruben off. And so uh, just now uh, Ruben um, posted this thing saying the moon looks amazing tonight. Right. And I know why he's posting that. He's trying to sound romantic. You know, because it's it's thanks it's Thanksgiving. It's well, some people are getting some Thanksgiving, but it's Valentine's Day, right? So he, he's trying to sound romantic. So hopefully, some girl on his Facebook feed will be like, "Oh, it is a beautiful night, isn't it?" And then you know, maybe it'll lead somewhere. So anyway, I I, I went on there and I typed. I said, "You old romantic, you right?" Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, yo, he goes, "Joe, look what I found in my photo album." Laugh my ass off, and he posted the fucking picture, the the old meme from a couple of years ago. Nice, yeah, on there. So <laughs> you don't have any. Sometimes I feel like you have no respect for me. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> fucking damn it! All right. So anyway, um, that's weird that Combs uh it was in more than one H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, yeah, it's you know thingy thing. He doesn't do anyway. Um, on that dickish note. Yeah, I I I give this one a a six and a half or a seven. Right. I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It's just one of those things that when you sit down to actually want to watch a movie, mm-hmm. this is one of them that you should. If you like horror and you like comedy and you like the weird, and that's really what it comes. All right. So, so what's it called again, Mike? From Beyond. From Beyond. That's how much you should. No, I knew it was From Beyond. I wanted you to say it because it's your movie. Uh huh. Well, I knew it was Beyond. I just I didn't want to say the wrong thing if it was wrong. All right. So on the news, you uh you had a couple things you want to talk about. I only had one thing to talk about. Well, then fucking talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about. <laughs> Fine. All right. So the the next movie we will be talking about in a couple. <laughs> Fangoria snorted. <laughs> you frat guy snorted. Fangoria is going out of business. I want to see. Boom. I'm trying to find it. Do it. Okay. So <clears throat> Fangoria. Fangoria released a statement that, well, let's this podcast drags on. 
First and foremost, Fangoria would like to sincerely thank all of our friends and fans for their patience during these trying times, which we never knew about. It's no secret that the world of print publication is feeling the pressure with the transition of media to a digital phase. However, that statement right there is a falsehood. If you put out a product that people want, people will buy it. If you put out a product that people doesn't don't want, people will not buy it. Isn't Playboy... Didn't they quit publication? There's some like... I mean, go ahead. No, but there are some that do and go completely digital. Anyways, um, many readers of Fangoria have noticed our print issues have been at an unfortunate halt as we try to catch up from previous issues. Here's the problem. Again, you can pre-order an issue of Fangoria for $10 print or digital for $3.99. Again, I'm not not a, uh, a print guy. I don't know enough about that end of the business. But what I do know is that there are companies out there that you can go to to print your magazine. But if everybody has a tablet or whatever, then you just send it right to them. Yeah. Whether it's Amazon, Kindle, or wherever else. you can They get the fucking article, and they read the magazine, and they move on. Guitar World. I don't see Guitar World having problems, and that's because they offer a bunch of stuff on top, everything else that they have. Now, their printed issues have music that you can transcribe and pull out and, you know, and cut out of the magazine and whatever else if you want to do. But they also have that stuff available online for their digital. But they make compelling content. I'm on Fangoria's website right now, and there isn't a lot of compelling content. That's the problem. There's home, I can go to their home page, I can go to their Fangoria about internship, there's movies and TV, there's music, art, culture, columns, etc. But when I'm looking at their main page, and there's only like a handful of things there, it doesn't really make me want to click on anything. With the shift of preference to digital media came the struggle to maintain business as a print publication, advertisers, and companies understandably must make the choices that are best for their project and budget. Unfortunately, print advertisement comes at a higher price than digital ad pledge fueled the sharp decline of needed. That's because nobody wants to pay for print. If you're, that's because your advertising rates are fucking through the roof. Nobody's going to pay $1,000 to put fucking print ads in your magazine. Yeah. Nobody. Those days are gone. If you really want it, you need to look into a better subscription model and give people what they want. If $15.99 or $5.99, $5.99 a month, $5.99 a month for however many customers buy your stuff and they can, you can print shit or you can give them digital or whatever, give them both. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But what you need to do is you need to give them content that they're not getting. So if you do a $5.99 subscription and you send them a magazine, well, if you also give them the ability to read stuff online, then you need to give them extra content or whatever. It doesn't matter. Video games or some some sort of thing. It's the word called incentive. Yeah. The income needed from paid print advertisements simply do not meet the standards for the print issue production. Now, what happened is, is you overspent money and you didn't realize that you fucked up. Inevitably, problems aforementioned cause a domino effect. Writers, artists, subscribers, and even our, even to our president. Okay, here's an official statement from Tom DeFeo. I'd like to thank readers and subscribers for their patience as we deal with our internal issues. We will carry forward and devote our efforts to make amends with all that have been inconvenienced. <laughs> Your current state of affairs could have been avoided, and you didn't. You knew it was going to happen, and that's that's the problem. You knew it was going to happen, and you didn't do any. So you have things like Dread Time Stories presented by Fangoria, hosted by Malcolm McDowell. Now for You can listen to that for free. Well, that's great, but if nobody's advertising on that channel, then you're not going to make any money. 
No, if you have all these advertisements, now look, all I can hear is fucking breathing. And it's really, really, it's all I can hear is you. Maybe I should be able to do like the AS, uh, ASMR stuff. It's funny as shit. It makes a lot. <laughs> now I'm, I'm looking at their main page and I see, I see something, some garbage that Toys of Terror, Tales from, it's because this website is fucking garbage. It takes forever to load anything. The. And I I like the site, but it takes forever to load anything. I what it comes down to is if you're going to do Fangoria, you need to give people extra incentive to pay for it. Most people will pay X amount of money for dude. There are people that pay 150, 160, 200 dollars a month just for shitty cable. If you offered something online uh, akin to a good horror channel uncut movies you could fucking make a fortune you could have your own youtube channel you could have there's a million things that this company could be doing work out a uh, some kind of a a deal with them being connected to shutter shutter i think it's called shutter it's that you know they they, they have um horror movies fangoria has been around for a lot longer than dude. yeah but Shutter's they're the grandfather money. they're they're the big time they should be able to go hey let's work together or those companies should be going to fangoria just for the name alone that's not the point. Look, Fangoria could be making fucking great content and become another HBO. Seriously. They could be doing original series and and putting it on there for here, you know, you subscribe to our feed for five ninety and four ninety and you're gonna get these great te- plus this, plus this, plus Yeah. And whatever else, right? But no, you can't just give away everything for free. And that seems to be what they're doing. Anyway, that's my two cents. I'm sorry that Fangoria is going out, but <laughs> It doesn't surprise me when you have people that, to me, it doesn't seem like they have everyone's best interest. In- Look, when you have the wrong people in place that are making all the decisions, then the product is going to suffer. It, it's like uh, for the uh, uh, only thing comparable I can think of off the top of my head is, say, like uh, with Sega. Okay, if you remember in the in the 90s, in the late 90s with Sega, they they started dropping the ball big time, they're, especially their North American operations, because their, their president was making bad decisions. He kept trying to keep all these old systems alive, yep. but bringing out new systems. And guess what? All of these, um, what do they call them, designers for other games, they started jumping off and, and, and just not wanting to make games for any of these systems anymore. And the guy didn't seem to understand he needed to evolve with the times. And he, we refused to do it until Sega could not afford to make home systems anymore. Because the Dreamcast, which, which was ahead of its time, it fucking failed for the most part because... No one wanted to buy into Sega anymore. Right. So when you have a company that's, you know, that big and there's someone running one of your divisions, how do you not notice that, that someone's fucking up? Couldn't tell you, dude. It blows my mind because I love Sega and Sega could still be the, one of the top video game manufacturers of the world or home system, you know, manufacturers up there with, you know, Sony and, and, and Nintendo. But, well, I, I don't think, I don't think. That. But... They'll, they'll, they'll probably never be there ever again because of, of bad decision-making. So, you know what? Fuck it. That's just, it is what it is. Yep. Yeah, if you can't keep up with the times, you really think that what you're doing is the right thing to do. Look, we're a little podcast, and we know the problems that we're facing. Yep. So, we're always trying to think of something that we could do that would make this a better show. Better, stronger, faster. <laughs> Harder, better, faster, stronger. And, and it's... It takes a lot of work, and we don't have an advertising budget. Nope. So we struggle. We continually struggle. But I would rather struggle and know that the product that we're putting out is decent and at and continue moving forward 
instead of just flooding, putting out bullshit. And that's a lot of the problems with what's going on. That's why I bought Cinescape. We own Cinescape. That magazine went out of business because it's shit. It was shit. Well, turned into shit. Mm -hmm. You know? And now we're trying to get it back to a niche that, you know, if Joe could get off his lazy ass and write. (laughs) I kid. But (laughs) if if we can get it back to where people want to read the Cinescape stuff, we will provide that to them. But there's going to be, there's there's got to be a trade-off. Yep. And that trade-off is is that you want all of the shit, you're going to have to start paying for it. You know, we'll give free articles. We'll do this. The podcast will always be free. We'll advertise on it. That's about it. The podcast will always, not everything on the website will be free. At some point, we're going to move to a subscription model. But that subscription model will be based off of something reasonable and realistic, and it will give you more than what you always. There will always be something, and you'll go, holy shit, that's really fucking cool. I didn't realize that this or that or the other thing was available here, whether it's books, movies, TV, whatever. And you will be able to pull it up on your phone, kind of like Kindle or whatever else, log in to our website and be able to pull up these little things. I think that would be ultimately the best thing. Yeah. But we have to get there. Yes. All right. So words of wisdom from Cinescape Movie Podcast. (laughs) All right. So the next time on Couple of Average Joes Presents... We will be talking about the film Lego Batman movie, all right? Because we I'm definitely Batman. want to go see that. Yeah, first try. So we'll talk about that one. Because we have one butt. That's right. And we'll go from there. So thank Clonk. you for tuning in this week. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right, we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle, that's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at, you can send me a tweet at. Tweet me at, you can follow me, fuck off, all right. Yeah, follow, you can you know, follow me or tweet me at, send a tweet to. All right. Follow, follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, tweeter. You can tweeter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS 5150, because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do button? It, the little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> share, uh, yeah, share, share the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night.
This is the end. Oh, it's the end. Benito! The end, I die! 